0: Yo yo what's up everybody Welcome to the show uh, Two girls one podcast I am Lindsay I'm Allie And this is our show Where we talk about Cool weird things that happen On the internet And communities spring up around them I think that our show is kind of That now too huh Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. that cool That's it kind of cool. fun I love that We are what we eat <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, so the world's still fucked up, y'all surprise. But yeah. I think I think we should talk about like things that we do to kind of make ourselves feel better in the, this hard hard world. And this morning I googled. I just googled like happy black children <laughs> because someone else had posted like, Hey, I Googled this this morning, it made me feel good. And then I did it. And it really did make me feel good. And I think it no doesn't results. have to be black children, no, like happy children in general, like make Wait, me feel is good. It,
1: okay. So is it weird that my happy black children is... <laughs> Rock climbing? Oh. Um, As if that's when what I Googled that and tried way. it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you're getting no, rock great. climbing when you Google that phrase, you should check your, uh, your algorithms. I think something's off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the inherent bias in the system has gotten really weird. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying to retrain my algorithm in general. But like, because, you know, I sign on and it's showing me like horrible, horrible things about the war or yeah. bi- biased representations of all of it. And so I would like to retrain my algorithm to only send me rock climbing technique videos. Oh, <laughs> so specific. Um,
0: um, oh, it's I a whole can,
1: world. It's a whole world. I
0: can send you my friend Callie. My friend... um, um No, I'm sorry. I can send you my friend Kaylin. She just um, started getting back into serious rock climbing after like a really horrible mountain biking accident. Mm. And her videos are always kind of fun. So I'll send you her and she can bump up your algorithm she can help yeah click on retrain a lot my, and then my, retrain yeah, yeah yeah one of the videos today was just this kid who was <laughs> learned, just learned how to read and felt like it was magic like he <laughs> would see a word and he would say it out loud and then laugh so hard
1: <laughs> i mean it is it is magic you know what i mean i kind of remember that feeling yeah and that's why I had a great shroom trip this weekend.
0: Wow. Without me, Rude. Okay. Tell us all about it.
1: <laughs> well, my friend Jenny and I, we like to do shrooms and blooms, which is what it sounds like. It's when we shroom and then we go to gardens. In which LA. garden did you go to? The Arboretum. <gasps> Beautiful. Uh, so, but it it, it I, I'm not kidding. I mean, Lindsay knows it. It, it is. Uh, the drug does make you like see all these things that. Uh, are always there, but we don't take the time to really notice them and appreciate mm-hmm.
0: them. Mm-hmm. I just stare um, at various colors of green, like
1: <laughs> I yes! stare at trees. For about an hour. Yeah. I was like, yeah. there are so many shades of it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. These are the best rooms I've ever had. Oh my God, Actually, where did you get them? One of my contestants after the show said, That was a great show and I'd like you to have these. And he gave oh. me yeah. a bar of. A chocolate bar, but the other thing that was interesting is the most well labeled bar I've ever seen. Where it was like, "This is what's inside of it. This is what you're going to get. Take this mm. much for this kind of experience. This much for mm. this kind of experience."
2: That's great. Wow. And
1: yeah. So first of all, I'm going to order more of yeah. those, and then, uh, which is a whole process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to download a bunch of <laughs> discrete apps. Um, but it also <laughs> made me. It made me uh, sad, and excited. Sad-sided. Sad, excited. <laughs> Said, sex-sided. Sure. Sure. Sex cited is different. For no, sure. that's very different. <laughs> that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but almost you know, the for, opposite, maybe. Because think about how, I mean, for some of our listeners, the following is not true at all. But in California and other states, the journey from getting weed in a parking lot to where it is now is wild. Like you walk into an Apple Store of weed. That's you know what I mean, <laughs> like and they A.K.A. MedMen. Yes, MedMen. <laughs> and so, like the fact that that will happen for shrooms soon is, is ugh, it's going to be amazing. I mean, soon that, it's going to be a long really, time. Yeah,
2: well, it's going to be I, a
0: long time, but not as long as we think. Hopefully, okay. I mean, I've been That'll to be...
1: one already because it's decriminalized in Oakland, so it's still not mm. like a store. It's well, did I not tell you guys the story? It's a church, and you have wow. to pledge your allegiance to the plants, and then you wow. donate you, to receive the sacraments. You did it's not incredible. tell us
0: about this.
1: I donate
2: can't. Really? donate like, money or, or some other? Yeah, because they can't, yeah. Okay. Since it,
1: you can't. It's criminalized, like a... but they can't sell it yet, yeah. right? Yes. They oh,
2: okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> so you See make a saying? donation. So okay. it's the loophole is that they are a registered church mm-hmm. and you donate to receive the sacraments. There is a menu, but you're not allowed to take, and you can't take any photos while you're in there. It's amazing. I went with a Comic friend of mine when we were up there doing shows and so we liked to joke that a Jew and a Muslim walked into a church and left with shrooms. (laughs) And left with a religious experience. That's great. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, but one of my contestants gave it to me and I was like, these are the they're the best shrooms I've ever had. Like the visuals were incredible. Mm Who is
0: that contestant? Did they get picked? And if not, are you gonna Uh, pick them? They did
1: win. Oh, he didn't know this was He was already in the show. And after the show, he was oh, like, okay, this okay. show was so much fun. I'd like you to have these. And I was like, I'm not going to say no to that. And now I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> I don't know that our guest is going to love this top of show because it's uh, quite different. And it's one thing that the robots will never be able to, to experience. Do. Yeah. They'll mm-hmm. never understand.
0: That is true. AI. Wow. is the one thing they'll
1: never, ever, ever understand.
2: Chat GPT hallucinates all the time as we've learned from previous It's true, previous but episodes. they
0: don't, they don't see green in many different ways mm-hmm. like we do. I don't know.
1: Well, some yeah. people are colorblind and they don't really see many greens. It's either. true.
0: And some people are fully blind and they can't see green at all. Hmm. So that's true.
1: Okay.
2: This has been factual facts with Allie and Lindsay. Oh
0: my god! Speaking of fact check, y'all, last week I was really not. I was really trying. I've been trying not to call the vulva the vagina, like really (laughs) a lot. And last week it really got me all fucked up, and I kept saying like the vaginal opening, which is like behind the vulva. Like yeah, that's
1: what you said to us. Like what is the opening? What do
0: you call the slit? Like what do you call it?
1: the The, hoo-ha the space uh, between
0: your like vulva before your saying. vagina i see what you're saying, I see what you're saying. it's so, like, a slit allie it's kept gross, being like that's not but... your vaginal opening i'm like well what is that then it's like the it is the way in i don't know what to call it but anyway I mean,
1: you're, you're basically <laughs> having a question about like the tip versus the balls
0: no it's very very not that
1: <laughs> yeah but it's it's in the same realm it's like you got to break it and the shaft you got to break it down
0: yeah, it's it's like the tip the to the shaft. The tip to okay. the ball. The vagina is the balls and the vulva is the tip. And what do we call that opening between uh, them? I'm,
2: I'm not an expert, but I am Googling this and I, it's literally just pictures of happy black children. I don't know why I'm getting that. <laughs>
0: And that is why Matt is here, y'all, because sometimes he is very funny. That was great, Matt. Wow. back. No, no notes.
2: Uh, <laughs> tangentially related to our topic, which I assume you will introduce at some point in the show. Um, Maybe. This, I- <laughs> this idea <laughs> that, like, I don't know, we and definitely our audience are aware, perhaps hyper aware of the algorithms that are deciding what we see and don't see. And we are, even though it's a black box, we understand that by clicking and liking and commenting and doing whatever on the platforms, we can retrain. But like, I, I think about that all the time and and no no average person probably even perceives that. And that's that gets to a lot of stuff we've covered here and a little bit mm. about what we might talk about today.
0: I feel like at this point... At least, I think over half of the people interacting with social media with apps have to know there is an algorithm, right? I
2: hope so. They like
0: have heard it at least casually, being like, "Oh, the algorithm is doing this. The algorithm you is know, doing that." I think to they're me. aware. I of don't the fact? know.
1: I don't think most people.
2: Really? Yeah, we're worried sad. about it. About that, yeah. 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 I don't I don't I don't do a lot of scrolling anymore. I really try to be very intentional. But because I work a lot on YouTube, I'm hyper aware of like, oh, I watched two videos about uh, nutrition for work Mm -hmm. and literally the entire feed. On YouTube, all the recommendations have switched from video games, which is mostly what I watch on YouTube, <laughs> to like nutrition and diet. And I'm like, it's 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 not even nuanced. It's like a, a light aggressive, switch. Yeah, 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 super aggressive.
0: I don't, yeah, I really don't like that. I'm like, I watched one thing, and now you think my whole personality has changed? It, right,
2: exactly. <laughs> that's so weird. I
0: that's mean, like you're such near a mom else is, of the 70s. You're
1: near someone else, <laughs> and you start getting their recommendations.
0: That's, uh, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, that's I true. Yeah. It's. I, I just want to hang out with my most different, most weird friend for like six hours and see what happens just, to my just own for the sake
1: of your personal algorithm. Yeah, Is yeah. it
2: location? Maybe some, but I think it's also like, oh, I texted with Lindsay and Lindsay likes this type of video. So, hey, maybe you'll like this. You'll like this, too. You know, it like, is, That's it's, re- too deep. it's reading. That's too Everything deep. on your phone is being read unless it's encrypted. So, yeah, I don't know. That's too deep.
3: Oh
0: my gosh. And hopefully today we will find out if, uh, there might be some hope for us. You know, we are going to be talking about AI regulation. The executive order sent down from uncle Joe to (laughs) the rest of us to, to try to help us. Uh, it's great because who even knew Joe Biden knew how to use the internet?
2: I was blindsided by this. I got it in like a newsletter or something. I was like, wait, what? He just like laid the smack down of like, no one is regular. No, Congress is not doing anything and not even talking about it. So yeah. here are some rules about what AI can and can. We're talking about uh, algorithms, but also like ChatGPT, Midjourney, yeah, Generative AI. What they're
0: AI. allowed to interact with, like as far as society,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Also like kind of badass of President Biden to be like, hey, y'all can't do anything. You won't let me do anything. I'm going to do this thing that y'all aren't even thinking about and it's going to be badass.
2: And, and then it, at the minute I read the article, I was like, wait a minute. This, there's no way this sticks. Like, There's no there's way so, this, this keeps it's going. It's so
0: funny because as, as much as we think about it, actual Congress has barely even talked about this. Right. So it's not even on their docket to fight.
1: Wait, so, do we know right. that?
2: I'm and sure now, someone what did you
1: mean what you just said um that it won't stick yes there you go thank yeah.
2: you well just Thanks. just my just total ignorance about what an executive order is and so the idea that a president could make regulatory guidelines without congress just seems to me that like a court would immediately be like, no, you can't do that. And, th- and then it, but it who's brought... gonna,
1: is anyone going to take it to court? Yeah, yeah I'm th- that's
2: sure what I'm saying. It's going to be a would. little
0: while before I feel like any most of people happens. get it together to act against it. Because but usually corporation... when an executive ha- order happens, it's like
2: we have not that...
1: gotten it together with climate change. We're not getting it together with AI. Right. I mean, I it's I mean... not like climate change is something that's like also a pretty simple concept and people refuse to get behind it. So there's but no people, way we're going to have are... any kind of consensus on AI.
0: No, 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 but people are against climate change or pro-climate change, like historically speaking, in their political re- careers and all this stuff. AI isn't sort of in people's ride-or-die campaign situations. Mm, yeah, yet. that's in, so that's interesting. They're not like ready to fight. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not I, boned up
2: on it the way would, that they are I on other totally. issues. I, but I, I if, disagree, if, but
1: continue, Matthew.
2: Maybe. I mean, if a, if a president said... You are no longer allowed to sell electric cars. I decree it by executive order. Then the companies that sell those widgets, cars, whatever, will be like, "And we're going to court and we're yeah. challenging this." So, so the question companies is, are going to go to court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, is, who who cares about? It's not about Open Congress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the, some the stuff that I'm wondering about.
0: That's a yeah. good point too. Yeah. But as far as lawmakers, Ali, you, you, there are lawmakers, you know, of that have been talking about AI, like on the campaign
1: trail. Well, there was there was Andrew Yang, for sure. And so just yeah. saying, like, it is something that people are talking about. Obama's talked about it, too. And I, I mean, I'm just saying it's not you know. like
0: abortion. It's not like health care. It's, it's not, it's not, not a not core like
1: issue
2: to the electorate. Rights. Yeah. Getting back to that original point I mean, of it like, it should be, but of it, course, it should yeah. be. But like, the average citizen is concerned with jobs, inflation, abortion, uh, whatever. And you know, like you said, but this ride is or
1: jobs die, and inflation for sure, you know what I mean? of course.
2: But they don't know that, yeah, yeah. Not to be like talk, not to talk down to the electorate, but right, like, no, no, I mean, we people people already told them they don't, they don't understand them. how the democracy. internet works. Uh, okay. so.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a lot to cover, yeah, but. But yeah, should we get into something really just really important?
4: Oh, oh Oh my God. Yes, Yes. what a morning. Hi, two girls and Matt. Uh, This (laughs) is Jen the former host of Two Girls, co-host, excuse me, of Two Girls on podcast. <laughs> I wanted to respond to the hate that was given to Boise, Idaho in this week's episode. Um, I married into uh, a Boise family and have been out there a number of times. And I actually don't know about the theater scene. Lindsay, I still think you should take your one-woman show out there. But I do have to say it's a very cool city and I had some insight um, I don't know, two summers ago, into the trapeze scene, which I think is probably a good indicator that the theater scene is alive and well, but I don't quite know the correlation between those two things. Anyway, um, I did outdoor trapeze in Boise, Idaho, two summers ago. I remember it was those photos. cool. So, um, <laughs> much better than the trapeze I've done in New York, by the way. Um, this is such a random voicemail, and I honestly don't know why I felt compelled to call after all of this time to talk <laughs> about voicing. But I just felt like I had to defend it and I had something to say. And quite honestly I miss you guys. Um so I hope you're doing well and I'll I'll hopefully see y'all soon. Bye.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my I love that was love amazing. That. I love that. I've
1: done trapeze out here in
0: LA. Have you done trapeze? Is it Not- a thing? That only two girls, one podcast hosts have to do. I
1: would, I would like to try some trapeze. I've, I've never really tried it. And um, oh. I also feel like now that I'm obsessed with climbing.
0: You're going to be so good at it. I strong
1: arms for trapeze. That was so delightful. I also, does Jen listen every week? Does that that's me? what I'm wondering. No idea. Oh, fantastic if she is. Oh my god, it was so cute. I texted her while we were listening.
2: <laughs> that is so so cute.
1: I, I, oh my god, that was the cutest. <laughs> this is the happy
0: black children of today's episode. Oh yeah!
2: <laughs> Look, she she makes a strong case, and I I respect Jen's opinion, of course. But at this juncture, instead of um, reverting my position on Boise, I am going to double down. <gasps> And say, "Fuck Boise." It's just I wow. can't. I have to How stay with truly with my truth. male of wow. you. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, just yep. to stay strong for no reason. Okay. <laughs> he is. Uh, do, you remember, <laughs> do you even remember explaining Boise?
0: Do you even remember what disparaging? What disparaging things you said about Boise? I, I
2: think it was just like, "Hey, would a random person in, a, in like a, in the middle of the country care about X, Y, Z? And uh, similar to what we were just talking about, and uh, <laughs> for whatever re- reason, we pulled Boise out of the out of the hat, and then you know, tripled down on uh, on anti this anti Boise position that I have.
0: Now that we're independent, I'm sure that the pod is going to go on tour and do live shows, and <gasps> yeah, I can't yeah. wait mm, to. Shit, you're
2: right. Go
0: to Boise, and then they say, "But you can't bring Matt."
2: This <laughs> <laughs> is like a, a picture of me with the X on it. I can't yeah. come. Oh my in the, god! The we'll theater. sell
0: merch that's just Matt's face <laughs> with an X on it. <laughs> I would like to thank all of you for coming out today and supporting Two Girls One Podcast as we bring. Our weird brand of comedy to the United States of the world. Thank you so much to those who have already contributed to our campaign at the $10 or more level. Thank you so much to Ken M,
1: Wesley Cordell, Bowie Barth, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Jessica Kybell.
0: Kathy Phillips,
1: Melissa Elliott,
0: Ryu Manastas, William and our newest subscriber at the $10 or more level,
1: Raft.
0: Thank you all so much for all of the contributions you've given so far. We hope that if you are considering contributing to the campaign, you will go to patreon.com slash 2G1P and donate at any level you feel comfortable. Okay, everyone, today's guest is an investigative data journalist at The Markup. Everyone, let's give a warm welcome to John Keegan. Hi, John. Hello. Welcome.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: I would love to know exactly what it means to be an investigative data journalist in general <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah it's um I, I at the markup most of us have investigative in our title uh so we're kind of like a, a nonprofit newsroom that covers technology Um, And we kind of do big tech accountability, you know, Um, we have all these big platforms out there. There's like almost no regulations kind of governing them. So we're a scrappy little nonprofit newsroom that is trying to do the kind of hard work that's required to kind of like hold a big platform accountable. Like maybe they changed their algorithms or they said they stopped doing something. We're going to test that out and check it. And that requires a kind of special team of, of journalists. So a lot of data journalists, but also a lot of investigative work. So all of our work is, uh, it's very hard to label, but generally that bag of words describes kind of what we do. I write code to, um, to you know, kind of help to tell stories, but I also do regular reporting and writing as well.
1: Nice. Okay. okay. I have so many questions, but I do think that I should keep myself on track and say, let's start with this new AI executive order. What does it cover? What does it miss?
3: The impression I got by looking at this, uh, just the fact sheet, like the kind of top line overview of it was they stepped back and said, okay, AI is a big hot issue we have to deal with now. Where does it really kind of like intersect with Americans and the government? And like, where do we have to be involved? And it's like fucking everywhere. Like the there is no part of American society now and our government that doesn't have some place where AI is going to be affecting it. Uh, um, so you take like, you take any like corner of the government, you look at defense, transportation, education, uh, commerce, healthcare, families, they all have really huge issues where AI is currently being used in the marketplace now and there's basically no rules for it. So they, you get the impression that they started off with one little document and then it just grew and grew and grew. Um, Now, of course, the whole reason why there's this big, crazy, like one of the biggest executive orders ever written is that Congress can't pass anything right now. If you just take a look at the current state of things in Washington, um, no one's getting along. No one can pass any big bills anymore. There's a lot of action on this type of stuff happening at the state level, but um, there's no federal movement here in Congress to get something passed. So, if you're Joe Biden, you step back and you say, "Well, what what tools do I have here?" And you have executive orders, so you can write a big, sweeping executive order, and it does a lot of stuff. I mean, it basically um, creates—you know—it every agency has to like you know, get to work and start turning in reports in, you know, 90, 180 days saying how they're going to put new kind of, um, you know, boundaries and kind of bumpers on some of the AI tools that might be used in their agencies and also, you know, their kind of remit of of what part of the government they're overseeing. Um, then there's also um, some, you know, basically uh, the one part that does have teeth is any company that's using um these kind of uh, advanced AI systems of a certain size, and they kind of specify an actual computational size for these things, they say that they have to, um, they could basically, it falls under national security. They're so powerful, these tools potentially, that they could be used to actually affect national security. That gives the executive branch the ability to say, aha, that falls under um, this law, the Defense Production Act, and we can force companies to basically say, you have to share with us the results of your testing. Um, so that's a, that's kind of one of the most important things that it does at the very highest level. Um, and then it also it directs um, NIST, which is the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Um, they're kind of like Um, They keep a lot of standards and publish a lot of uh, guidelines and um, measurements. Like They they run the government's official time. Uh, You can go to time.nist.gov and see the official time for all government agencies. Um, They're the ones who kind of help um, companies um, succeed in um, different new technologies. And AI is something that they've been involved with before. So it kind of makes sense. NIST is going to be um, kind of... Uh, given this important role where they have to like help define some of the tests and standards so companies can go to them and say, hey, um, test our AI model, take a look at this and see if it complies, uh, just so everybody knows, has a standard measure of, of how these things work.
1: Okay, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> going to the first bucket, what are some concrete examples of the reports and things that they'll have to submit?
3: Oh, man. Well, th- they're going to have to do things like... Um, you know, uh, like, for instance, if you take a look at, say, uh, criminal justice, right, the criminal justice system, the attorney general, the United States and the Department of Justice, they're going to have to do a lot of stuff uh, re- re- relating to how algorithms are used in the criminal justice system today. So, for example, there's um, all these algorithms that are used to determine whether somebody should get parole or be uh, detained before a trial or um, whether they are a risk uh, for a flight risk, these are all things that are, you know, th- we've have, we've have written about as well. Like that have basically, these are systems that have some inherent bias in them and have really affected people's lives. Um, you have, you know, racial bias that's um, that's kind of seeped into some of these algorithms. You also have within the the, the kind of uh, area of the Department of Justice, you have, you know, forensics, how forensics are analyzed. You have facial recognition. I mean, you just have a, a this huge pile of stuff that is currently being used, uh, that has AI as part of it. And there's like almost no, nobody watching this stuff, no regulations. So they're going to have to kind of come up reports to say, how are we going to use this? How are we going to protect against algorithmic discrimination? So all of these agencies, have to kind of, they have to kind of go back and do some like inventory of all the different places that this is stuff is used that they have oversight over and they have to come up with some rules and guidelines for how it's going to be used. They, they really don't exist right now.
0: I know it, we're talking about the executive order itself, and maybe this isn't appropriate time to talk about executive orders, but what is an executive order? <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Lindsay's taking it back.
0: Like, how does it work? And why is it used now? Why isn't it used more, I guess? And and how effective is it? And how kind of feeble is it?
3: Yeah, they... they th- I mean, when when a president, uh, when an administration wants to do something policy-wise and Congress is not acting, they can basically turn to this. I'm not an expert in you know uh, executive orders or anything, but it is one of these things that comes up again and again as it's one of the only levers they have when there's a big thing that Congress is not acting on problem is that they don't always stand up to legal challenges. So a good example uh, Joe Biden put through an executive order to forgive a lot of student debt that was like smacked down by the courts but you know I figured their calculation was probably like look let's let's do this it's something we can do and maybe it survives the court challenges maybe it doesn't. So it does control I mean look the like the executive branch does control a lot of Areas that where uh, you know you can tell all of your agencies that you have control over what they have to do and to create these rules and guidelines would be a significant new thing. Um, they're also they're also trying to like not just make AI this horrible bad thing. They, in the report, they, they in the and the executive order, they really try to highlight the, the potential upsides for this, how it could be used to help people. Um, now that stuff's all out there as a potential thing. You know, there's a lot of you know, scary harms that people are talking about, but they're also trying to think about, you know, American companies competing in a global marketplace and they want, they want to help American companies be the, you know, to to be the kings of this kind of um, this fancy new technology, which is obviously going to like change the world, right? So they're, they're trying to get in there, um, do what they can now to, to kind of throw down the gauntlet and say, all right, it's here, it's going to affect all aspects of, of American life how you know what do we have to do to put some guidelines in place and rules because look you can ask companies all you want to do this voluntarily and they've done this um you know but at the end of the day surprise surprise these companies don't always uh you know do the right thing when they're asked nicely to do it no so, <laughs> imagine. but
0: they actually corporations uh, are just like us
3: the, they're people they're people too um <laughs> But the funny part is that you know um, Sam Altman, the head of OpenAI, the maker of ChatGPT, um, he was um, sitting before Congress just back in May, and they're practically begging the government to write some rules and regulations they don't like being out there in the wild west with all this stuff i mean i'm sure they do because they can do whatever they want but um you know i think it would be everybody kind of wants to know what the guardrails are and then to kind of build their businesses within those because right now it's just like they're, they're they didn't really know what was going to happen if this when this report came out would they require licenses to develop an AI model, that was an idea that was batted around. And They were very relieved to see that that wasn't in there. You know, so um, this is probably a, a good kind of middle road that they picked.
1: What else is being done to put guardrails on specifically OpenAI?
3: Well, OpenAI is trying to do some is trying to put some guardrails on itself right now. Um, is it? Cur- is it though? <laughs> <laughs> well, one example of where I saw this recently, I play around with their tools quite a bit to see, you know, kind of what's what, you know, what are these things doing? Um, and one thing recently I noticed is that you can't create images using their Dolly 3 um, image generator of any public personality. Um, you might remember a few months ago, there was like these pictures of Trump scuffling with police that were AI generated that kind of made the rounds, um, you know, when news of his indictment, um, broke and, you know, it was kind of like a big scary moment because they were very realistic. And I think a lot of people were worried about what's going to happen here. So they put some rules in place for things like that. Um, you know, I don't think you can use, like, um, any, like, living artist's name as a prompt when you're creating images to say, like, um, images in the style of Norman Rockwell. You know, that would be okay. But you can't do them for any living artist because those people, they're, they're trying to make a living, you know, using their name as their, as their you know, kind of brand for their style. So... Um, yeah, they're not, look, they're, at the end of the day, they're not really, there's not really much being put um, on, no constraints are really being put on them. Um, most of those are voluntary right now. And so it'll be interesting to see Chuck Schumer has been working on, you know, trying to pass a bill or introduce a bill that's going to, um, you know, put some, put some real teeth behind this that would actually, you know, kind of put some laws in the books. But again, the, the odds of that stuff passing with the current state of things in Congress just seem insanely low.
0: Okay. So what do you think is going to stand the test of time in this executive order? Because like you said, people are going to come after it. They're going to try to strike it down.
3: Uh, like, I think it's going to be really good for, for every agency to have something on the book, something they can point to, to say, look, this is a big thing. We know there are documented examples of algorithmic discrimination that happen in housing. Uh, you know, tenant screening software is a good example of that, that the markup is written about. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of examples out there in education. We, we have like, we, we, we write stories about this stuff all the time. So having all that stuff documented that the government's recognizing is a problem. It's a good first step. I think that that's going to be an important aspect of this. The other part of this that's going to persist is that it's, it's, it's going to get, you know, it is going to allow companies to know what they are are going to be able to do and what they aren't going to be able to do. You know, it's going to be able to create some lanes for where people can build businesses. Um, but also create, um, create those, you know, just guardrails where there currently are none right now. Um, I mean, it's like, I think a lot of people assume that there's some stuff in place, but there really isn't much. The other big thing that I think will come out of this, and this was like right at the top of the, of the, um, of the document was calling for Congress to pass a federal privacy law. Currently there is no federal privacy law in the United States. And it really is starting to show like in Europe, it's like this inverse world where they have everything has to be opt in. Um, and you can have the right to be forgotten you can have your name expunged from all google searches you have all these you know magical powers that you don't have in the united states California residents have a lot of those powers because there's a really good privacy law that California passed. Um, Colorado, Virginia, a couple other states uh, have passed some as well. But a federal privacy law is actually really closely tied to this AI stuff because one of the big harms they're worried about are privacy violations when these systems can collect data at scale and analyze them and reconnect people's identities, you know, um, I write about data brokers a lot and, um, you know, consumer data collection, and that's happening like at grocery stores. And, you know, when you're browsing the web or watching connected TV, I mean, all of that stuff's being hoovered up. Um, And AI does play a big role in how that all gets kind of reconnected back to you.
1: The right to be forgotten is something that I find so fascinating. But could you just quickly define it for our listeners who have no idea what that is?
3: Yeah. So, um, right to be forgotten is a is a thing enshrined in uh, the GDPR, which is the uh, General Data Protection um, um, Regulation in Europe. It was passed oh, probably uh, several years ago. <laughs> I have yeah. to look the date for that. Um, but um, that gives European citizens the right to um, go back and say, hey, I want to be excluded from the, the record here. I did something when I was younger or this st- negative story was about me. And, I, you know, I have rights as a citizen. It's a fundamental right that um, I, should, I should not have this thing following me around for my whole life. Um, And so I wanted to be removed. And there was a court case that led to this uh, being decided that it was a fundamental right um, of European citizens to request this to be removed. And so we have this, you know, this bizarro like alternate universe where over in Europe they have really strict, you know, privacy laws. And sometimes you can see it when you look in privacy policies of American companies, They, they have to include all this extra language. Um, for the GDPR, you know, regulations in Europe, and so sometimes you see and you look at what the rights that that Europeans have, requesting their data, uh, a copy of their data, requesting their data can be um, corrected if it's wrong. That's something that we can't do here um, in most people, United States, depending on state laws. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's a powerful thing, and you know, a lot of the people who are, are planning um, some kind of U.S. federal law are are looking to adopt parts of that interesting
0: mm-hmm. uh, well first of all Allie, you said I'm fascinated by the right to be forgotten is it because you would never want to be forgotten which is <laughs> what I think of every time I hear that I'm like Yikes. I mean,
1: absolutely not I think I've, I mean I think like that the, the name even the name of it just sounds so like wild and mystical but like you know <laughs> that, that I think that we should have that right you know <laughs>
0: yeah everybody should have that right I can't understand why because all I want to do is never be forgotten
2: is there a threshold for public figures and how is that determined meaning like harvey weinstein can't just be like oh please scrub me from the internet so no one remembers what i did you know Uh, what i mean like mm. there there must be a, a a nut to crack there right
3: yeah i mean there's like i'm not an expert on you know gdpr regulation but um there there is a that is a factor in it whether something is a newsworthy thing or whether it's you know part of the historical record of something that happened i agree that there you know there i think there are some boundaries in place for that um and um you know just the one last thing i'll say about the privacy the federal privacy law that would be helpful for people is having the right to request your own data is like a is a big thing that you can do on a couple of platforms. You can do it on Twitter, you can do it on Facebook, but like you can't really do it easily from companies that you do business with. And having something like that would be actually really um, illuminating for people to see um, exactly what information these companies are collecting ab- uh, about you. Um, and so we're trying to do that at the market. We're trying to get people to donate some data um, by requesting um, data from places like Target or Home Depot um, or Walmart where you're shopping. Because they the, these privacy policies are really long, and people don't really have any rights to do anything about it. You have to accept it, or you can just choose not to shop at the store. So having that kind of right does tie into this whole uh, this whole executive order.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. One more clarifying question um, before we move on: the executive order. It sounds like it is focused on government agencies, you know, law enforcement and uh, national standards and things. And that's obviously important. We want transparency and guardrails on what the government can do with our data and processing data. But how much of it applies to private companies? You're alluding to like this sets a roadmap for what companies would follow. But does it actually bind the private sector to these? Because like we've talked about this a lot. I'll speak for myself. I'm way more afraid of private companies than I am of government misuse, even though both are bad, you know?
3: Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, so to answer your question, the only places that this really affects uh, private companies would be companies who are at the very top of this whole food chain making the biggest, most, you know, advanced AI models that that could have really huge, uh, you know, negative consequences for, for public safety or for critical infrastructure. Imagine hmm. someone using these things to take over a, a grid or, you know, leak nuclear secrets. This is the kind of thing that keeps them up at night. Um, so that's one part of it. But it also does affect, I believe, um, you know, the company, look, these agencies are all buying this, uh, this, these products that are being marketed like crazy right now, everything has AI slapped on it, even if it's just all good old fashioned machine learning, like real, you know, basic automated decision making, everything's being marketed as AI. Um, So the rules do affect agencies that are spending federal dollars on this stuff. So, you know, a good example is like, um, Department of Homeland Security was buying, you know. Uh, Sensitive data from data brokers to like track people down using their location. Um, that's something that was basically doing an end run around the fourth amendment of the constitution. You're supposed to get a warrant from a judge to do that stuff.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Hopefully, um, that will be affected by these rules because companies are being told, you know, I mean, these agencies are being told what they can and cannot do and how they have to use these products. So companies are going to have to kind of comply with this stuff as well, but it, there's no hard laws that are going to be, um, passed by this, you know, cause it's just a, it's from the executive branch
0: yeah so do you think that congress if we ever get an effective congress would like follow suit and actually enact laws that would make some of these guidelines in this executive order be legally binding for companies
3: you know i do think like while i have a very like i think the chances of big legislation passing in congress they are low i do think that this is one of the rare bipartisan issues like This is not, it's probably the only issue that's not um, completely polarized right now. Um, Like, this is something that both sides of the aisle really are worried about um, for different reasons, probably. Um, And, um, you know, you, you kind of saw a little bit of this when they were talking about, like, going after, you know, dragging Mark Zuckerberg in to testify, you know. The conservatives are, are, you know, are are calling foul for being shadow banned, but you know the people on the left are saying, "Hey, you know, this stuff is being um, you're silencing, you know, our voices." So you have you have different instincts for for or, or different reasons why they're complaining, but they're kind of united in kind of a general distrust of big tech, um, which is which is kind of a wild thing to see, right? You see these people who would never kind of team up. Um, in criticizing, you know, uh, with, with the same message in other, any other issue. And they're both like teaming up to kind of bully these uh, Silicon Valley C- CEOs who come before them. So I do think that there is a chance for some kind of bipartisan thing. And this is really popular too. Like uh, Pew Research did some uh, study recently where they looked at, um, you know, um, the general public's like uh, appetite for for more, uh, laws covering data privacy. And it's like in the eighties, like people are like super, uh, people really want this and it, uh, it's totally bipartisan. So you'd think it would be a real obvious, easy win, like a, you know, for them to, to pass something like this, but, uh, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. You, you'd think it'd be easy, but they, they don't even agree that all people should people to live
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's also really difficult stuff to learn about i mean look at the look at the age of a lot of the you know uh our elected lawmakers i mean this is this is sophisticated stuff that is changing really really rapidly and a lot of people are not really up on this stuff so you you do have some younger... yeah i mean they're
1: still figuring out how the internet works yeah, so they're like yeah. can we <laughs> unplug it and plug it back in which i actually don't disagree i think that would be a good idea but uh yeah they don't get it <laughs>
0: It yeah. would be um, a useful hack if we could just unplug it and plug it back. Social in. media,
1: for sure. I mean, it does make me miss Andrew Yang, which who I feel is like the only person who's actually talking about these issues. But what are you? Th- what do you think are some of the day to day AI issues that uh, that affect general consumers?
3: It shows up in weird places, you know, I, I think like like if in the insurance markets, like for, you know, a lot of decisions are being made at scale by these systems that are totally, you know, opaque. No one in the public gets to see this stuff. One of my colleagues um, wrote a story about organ donation. There's an algorithm that determines whether you're going to get a liver. Um, And that is not subject to public scrutiny to see how that works, to see if it's equitable and fair. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's It's,
2: it's invisible. It's this is the invisible dystopia, which when when we think about it, we thought that uh, that a humanoid robot would walk into McDonald's and start flipping burgers and you're out of here, kid. But like it's actually making your health insurance go up. But you can't see that or determine that because it's this black box. And that's the scariest part. Yeah. And, you know,
3: um, our founder, Julia Angwin, um, she she's, you know, been saying this for a long time. She's like, everybody's really freaked out about all these future apocalyptic Skynet scenarios. But like it's already here. There's harm happening now from these systems. They're just in more boring areas, you know, like (laughs) your eyes will glaze over when you read about how the insurance industry is using this stuff, you know, Um, but it's, that's the stuff that actually is affecting people today. And, you know, it's, it's having real consequences on people's life. So um, again, just pick, uh, pick any sector of the, of the U S government. And there is a red hot issue about AI that is affecting real people today. You know, with systems that have already been you know put in place without any oversight? yikes. He, here's
2: sorry here's another one. Um, are there precedents for the regulation? And by that, I mean, or even case law. and so we talked to someone, an attorney who was bringing lawsuits against uh, social media companies because they were harming the mental health of teenagers, specifically young women. And uh, he came from an asbestos or like a product liability point of view. And he had been prosecuting asbestos companies for years. And his platform was like, you know, this product causes cancer. And then you continued to sell it anyway. Now you're on the hook. And his his thrust was, you know, we have the documents from Facebook that these products cause mental health issues. But you continue to do them. And now we're suing you. So I guess what I'm asking is like is there a is there a economic precedent or or a, comp- or a private sector precedent of like yeah you did this wrong remember when you did this wrong well we're also going to use that legal precedent to fight back against algorithmic insurance and algorithmic rental you know properties and whatever
3: does yeah. Make sense? So, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you, but the problem is you need to, you know, to show real clear harm and you need to be able to, you know, kind of document that this is happening and that's very hard right. to do when these are black box systems. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what the whole point of this executive order is. You got to be able to like shine a light on this stuff. You know, if, if there is a, uh, an algorithm that's being used by a judge to determine whether somebody should get parole or not uh, we need to be able to know that that thing is not um, you know, had a bit, had like racial bias baked in because the ones that they've been using do, you know, you'd have two people who committed the same crime, same zip code, same age. Uh, and one was black and one was white. And guess who didn't have to, you know, didn't, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, was able to walk home free before his trial. You know, it was the, white the black kid. Yeah, the well, world, world, yeah.
0: <laughs> wah
3: that <Wah>, <laughs> trombone. I know this is uh, this is how it goes, and so and again, it's it's happening in like all these different corners of society today, and um, it's hard work to kind of peel this stuff out and to get these agencies to talk. These are private companies that are selling this stuff. AI is an extremely hot kind of like marketing language right now. It's out there everything is AI and every, all these companies are kind of pivoting to it. Um, And uh, it's, it's, you know, we don't, we need to know how these systems work.
1: Something else I'm curious about is that, you know, there's, there's kind of the big players, right? Like of course, chat GPT. And then there's the Sarah Silverman lawsuit, you know, because essentially, you know, her argument is she spent years honing her voice and now chat GPT can attempt to replicate it. Um, Are there other major tools though at play in the sense that, you know, I'm sure deep fakes are an issue. I, we, we at this podcast have experimented with the AI that you can train your voice and then it mimics your voice. Right. Um, so what are some of the other, like, big players and the main issues?
3: Maybe I'm going to answer your question exactly. But um, I just wrote a story about this and I interviewed somebody who, who, who helped build this tool called Nightshade. Um, This is an example where people are trying to, they're trying to, these researchers at the University of Chicago um, decided that there was kind of an asymmetry happening um, for people, for artists whose work was being incorporated. You mentioned Sarah Silverman and the authors who were, you know, kind of complaining that their texts had been incorporated into these models without their permission or compensation, right? Um, So they're like, they said, hey, we see an opportunity here. We've been studying these systems. There's a way that we can actually empower artists with uh, some technology to kind of fight back. So they created this tool called Nightshade, and um, named after this poisonous herb. And the idea is you could take your images that you'd be posting to some website as a illustrator, and you could run them through this, this tool, Nightshade. And then any future AI model that's like hoovering up images from around the web to train a new model, could be poisoned by these images. And the way they do that is by invisibly rearranging the pixels. So you have a picture, say you did an illustration of a cat. Um, Once it goes through um, nightshade, it, it would appear to the computer as a dog. But to your human eyes, it would still look like a cat. Um, and that would, if you, if you upload enough of that kind of poisoned data, that's like intentionally mislabeled, it can actually break the model. And then, you know, so it gives, it gives artists this adversarial tool to kind of try and fight back against this asymmetric landscape, which they're facing now. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it, it kind of is related to, uh, to artists whose work is being kind of, uh, incorporated with their permission.
2: That's fascinating. Yeah, this it reminds me of of people gaming Google by putting a lot of backlinks yeah. for the word "dumbass," and then when you Google "dumbass," it's like a picture of a politician or something comes up <laughs> as the first result, and it it's also a similar weaponization. Me of when
1: uh, Gen Z all bought tickets or something um, to Trump's, Gen oh. Z did a bunch oh, of things yeah, where yeah, they yeah. kind of screwed over trump the or like they spammed him with k-pop and stuff and then <laughs> his stadiums were empty because of them and all that kind of stuff but it does rely on a lot of uh f- like manual labor busy work which yeah like, yeah which like teenagers which only children have time, have to. time to
0: do yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah i've heard stories about people putting like um because hiring now is so automated and your first the first, you know, pass that gets a look at your resume is an algorithm. People huh. have been putting, like, Harvard, Yale in white text in the resume <laughs> so that the algorithm would see it and suddenly, like, pass oh, it on to the next round. Wow.
2: Right.
3: This is, this is exactly – this is what we've
2: been doing with SEO for That's two decades now. But we're, were like finding it. I to give them
1: credit if they, if they do that. You yeah. know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might as well. Might as well. Interview yeah. Bring them in. Yeah. You know? They're resourceful yeah um okay so are you hopeful
3: <laughs> I, I <laughs> i'm am, not I am we actually, ask all our
0: guests this
3: <laughs> yeah i heard your last few episodes and i, I heard some <laughs> some optimism. you're like i
0: have seen some of the format
3: <laughs> so in closing how much time do we have um, <sighs> i i actually am a little bit optimistic about this stuff because I, I like i i mean i feel i does feel like the this is like when the internet came out like I was in college when the internet came out and it was, it was like, it just, it just changed everything. And I'm, and I'm, as I'm playing around with this stuff now, like when I'm writing code, I I use chat GPT to kind of help, um, something that would normally be like a 20 minute Google search or looking on stack overflow, this coding website to find an example. That's close to what I want. Now I can get it to give me an example of code that I need exactly for the the example that I'm I'm working on. And it's it's really powerful. And you see it actually like saving hours of time. And and also it kind of makes me more ambitious in the kinds of things I can do because I might have self-censored myself and not pursued something because it was like too hard. So I'm kind of seeing now in my own work, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty um, pretty like this could be really cool. And you think about all these different areas where artists could use it or, um, writers or other people to kind of help as a creative prosthetic, you know, I think that's the best term I've heard for it. Um, so I don't know, I think, I think it's possible. It, they, they, at a minimum, they need to do a federal privacy law, just because we are we are out there naked and alone right now, and these these things are coming so fast. This stuff came out less than a year ago, and we already have all this stuff, this infrastructure, all these companies, all these tools. Um, you know, and the government is just reacting to it now with a you know a pretty um, a broad but kind of shallow response. Um, So that's a little kind of alarming, but this stuff is going to go really, really quickly. Everybody's racing to market with these amazing new advances, but the problem is no one is getting a chance to really stop and look at the possible harm for this stuff. We can have both things. We can have the cool technology and we can have it a little bit slower. I think that would probably be good. Right now you just have an arms racer. Everybody's out there trying to outdo each other and there's not really been given the time to especially with all the lessons that we've learned from social media. I mean, like, look at how all that went, you know, and I, yeah, not well. Um, and I think that we really have those, we're going to be kind of damned to repeat our our own mistakes unless we, uh, we, we kind of act on this.
0: Thank you for explaining to us what we can be a little bit looking forward to.
3: Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you guys.
0: So executive order is still a bit nebulous, but it sounds like this one's trying to do mostly good.
1: I am not optimistic.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, we are really going to need to Google happy black children after this.
1: (laughs) I just really worry the cat is already out of the bag and that not enough people understand it. And we can't really do AI regulations unless it's like the whole fucking world gets together to do them. So,
0: you know, I I think that, too, except that what he was saying about like how we do have privacy laws, privacy laws in Europe are stronger than in the U.S. Privacy laws in California are stronger than other places. So Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be something like that where we have to just demand it for ourselves which is hard to do and we have mm-hmm. to have a government that goes to bat for us but you know that's also hard to uh, there do. there has to be
2: in a there it's like you need an inciting incident i don't really have a great example at my fingertips but it's kind of like we made rules around the industrial revolution of like hey maybe don't put children inside the you know the chopping machine to clean it out like Ooh. but like Many children had to get maimed and die before we were like, "Wait a minute!" So, like, n- as we said at the top of the show, no one fucking gives a shit about normal people. Don't think about this stuff. Well, that only analogy when it takes is really job. bad because, because we, have we don't so so many care many children
0: about children die anymore. And we don't have gun yeah. control. <laughs> we don't well, care well, about children anymore.
2: Well, that's but yeah. I fuck, did see that right. video it. where it was like.
0: You can't ask a government that doesn't care about its own children to care about Palestinian children. Mm, what are you doing? Mm, mm, <laughs> shit. You, you, you look stupid. All right.
2: Th- that, so that analogy notwithstanding. But I guess in prior times in the 1915s of our uh, in, the U- in the world, it was like, hey, we got to change this because bad stuff is happening. Our, our, no, I think the analogy is there, good. You know?
0: I think that we no longer care.
2: Like, yeah, as, that's as really a, dark. As a nation,
0: yeah, that's what's really sad. I think it's a good analogy,
2: and I'm it glad should they have happened. This
0: up, but we're it... not really.
2: But people will care. What do, What do, What are things people care about? Inflation. I mean, that's a Why? serious, important it's so issue. Weird. But like, but it's like the number one. So like, when AI really affects your job, then they will care. And then I think the scariest part there is like, but then politicians are going to blame immigrants or some other boogeyman mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that problem and they They're still will not get about it what's
0: causing it yeah. yes
2: and that's that's the problem all right fuck it i'm out
1: <sighs> it's Everyone why i liked Google andrew Google yang he was the only videos. he was he was yeah andrew yang was at least discussing These issues. I love how much you love Andrew Yang. It's pressing.
0: I'm gonna get you a sweater with Andrew Yang's face on it for Hanukkah.
1: I mean, don't because I'll (laughs) never wear it, um, and I don't need more crap. But I appreciate the sentiment, and there's probably other things you could get me if you'd really like to.
0: Let's let's Um, let's get matching tattoos. You get an A, and I'll get a Y, and we'll never explain to anyone.
1: I mean, if I get an A, that's, like, totally fine for me. I know, I know, that
0: I will know that it, is, that it stands for Andrew Yang and not for Allie Goldberg. Only we will know. Only you, me, Matt, and the people, people who listen to this a. podcast. Yeah. Baby A.
1: Well, you know, I do worry, like, Biden is so old. Like, why can't we get a better candidate in there? And then... You know, Andrew Yang was actually the only one talking about like really modern issues, and I think yeah, I mean, Andrew Yang isn't you know, isn't my guy. I just wanna, I just, I just wanna yeah, say no, that. I mean, he's he not has my guy. Other issues for but, sure, but yeah,
0: he does he does like technology. Good for you
2: for knowing he does about. Know tech. what
1: he's talking about in that area, you know.
2: What's the timeline on AOC jumping into the? The national, like I know, she's obviously a, a congressman Yeah, person, do you
1: but, think she's gonna run? She's not gonna win. Uh, I, I don't yeah,
2: think she should I run. Like, I
1: want her to live. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>
2: the <laughs> darkest thing. But you know what I mean, like an inspiring, fierce person who understands, like that. A, I mightn't be her, her most top. Line issue of her campaign but she def she is the I example think, of a candidate who definitely would care about it yeah you know what i mean
0: no i think she's good for that i just thought you and she's gonna run for president no
2: yeah that's what i'm, I'm, that's what I'm asking is like to, i agree with your I, i'm not i don't care about biden's age but I, yeah. I i do i do care that he does not inspire people the way obama inspired people yeah. and thus we have like a 50 50 shot Trump, 91 felonies versus this <laughs> old guy. Insane. And people are like, yep, going to go with the felony guy. And it's like, wait, what? Oh, my God. Are you, are you, who's
1: also very old. You know, like three He's also years younger old.
2: than,
0: uh, They're both than older Biden. than everyone who's ever been the president. Yes. And then all of the current living except for jimmy carter i think i think that they're older than clinton than obama than like everyone who was the president and is no longer (laughs) right
2: yeah it's it's just uh it's just yeah facts Ah, facts and information but it's gonna
0: we can't keep going like this y'all it's we can't keep going like this so we'll get a better candidate or you know Roman empire figure it out y'all something else <laughs> happened after the roman empire something else will happen after this so
2: yeah lots of people died it's... I
1: love like Katie Porter can we get Porter lots Katie of people Porter are always
0: dying that's true what do you like about Katie Porter tell us right now
1: um well this is a really really bad follow up sentence but okay. whenever i see uh, clips of her on <laughs> social media
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is really uh, demolishing her opponent with like really basic things nice. around, you know.
2: I'm yeah. not familiar with I her. Mean, is she Karen, in, Congre- in uh, California? California?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah talk yeah, to yeah, Stacey yeah, Abrams yeah. about it.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. She's I, constantly I literally don't know demolishing
1: who
0: everyone who tries to challenge her, and still not getting elected. I'm Like yeah, Georgia, that doesn't seem to. You
1: don't want well, better yeah, for mean, yourself. Hillary Clinton was so, um, you know, she didn't get elected either. So yeah, yeah, but mean, she she, she didn't
0: demolish in the same way there. It was different. But like like Katie Porter and, and Stacey Abrams, like they're very calm. They're very clear and they're mm-hmm. very yeah. smart and accurate, you know, well, and yeah, clearly
2: we need a more emotional candidate. I mean, but when women Obama are emotional,
0: it's bad, Matt. There's well, just I mean, you can't do it. You can't act like imagine if a woman had acted like Donald Trump. I mean, but I, I guess, guess we can't. We don't have to. It's it's his his future daughter in law. What's her face? Guilfoy.
2: She's but we need unhinged. a we need a Marjorie Taylor Green, but oh, oh, but who is oh. good? You know what I mean? Oh my God. You know what I mean? I'm saying this, smart these, women the, don't
0: act like that because they didn't get where they are.
2: Uh, yeah, I have. Well, but yeah.
1: honestly, the equivalent is AOC, who's like that's very what I, prominent, that's what I'm saying, et cetera, that's et what I'm saying.
2: Correct? Yeah. But, yes, AOC is is the yeah. archetype for this. Yeah.
0: yeah, she is. She's the one. She's uh, man.
1: Katie Porter, when she goes viral, what's cool is she's breaking down like. uh sort of boring issues, right, about mm. banks and childcare and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, she's actually just, like, doing real stuff. <laughs>
2: nice. I'm sorry. I, I literally uh, don't know who this is, and I'm sorry if that's ignorant, but maybe listeners don't know either. Is this a congressperson from oh, California? Uh, who is Katie Porter? Yeah, of
1: California. So, okay. I wonder. But, yeah, she's just, like, getting shit done. So, oh, like, she's nationally elected. people she, haven't heard she's of her. She's a Yeah, yeah 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 yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, She's amazing. a representative of California. Got it. Yep.
0: All right, everybody. We're all going to Google Katie Porter.
1: <laughs> and Katie
0: hope that she Porter. and AOC run on a joint ticket and then we can all vote for them. No,
1: AOC is is too divisive. This uh, is exactly. so
2: weird. Katie Porter and is she a happy black child? I don't understand <laughs> what these results are.
1: For this episode, <laughs> she is. Thank you so much. <laughs> Drop into to our Discord. Discord.gg 2G1P. You can also follow me on social media at Allie underscore Goldie. A-L-L-I underscore G-O-L-D-I. I'm
0: at the Lindsay Life, L-I-N-D-S-C-U-I, uh, and across all social media platforms. And send us an email. Send us a voicemail. That number is 347-871-6548. Seven.
1: Seven, that number again, 347 871 6 eight. Eight. And we cannot keep making this show unless you go to patreon.com slash 2G1P. No amount is too small.
0: Heart your faces. Bye. Thank you.